Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. I'm just glad to be in church. Amen. It's, uh, this morning, well, actually last night when we was going to bed last night, I, I told Anna that, uh, well, tonight is spring forward, and she said, What? Bring forward. She goes, no, it's not this week. I said, it is this week. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, anyway, I was contemplating on the way here this morning. I was thinking, I wonder how many people did the spring forward and actually got up and, uh, and actually come to church this morning. And I was uh, coming this morning. I was thinking, I said, Lord, you know, you can uh, wake the flowers up. You can feed the birds. You can... Do all those things that we can't do. You can tell the sun when to shine. You can tell clouds when to come over. If you can do all that, you can wake these people up. Come on, somebody. See, sometimes we don't give God enough credit. Amen. But thank God he can do all things. Amen. Praise God. Even the little small things, he can do those things. Praise God. We're, we're on our reset uh, series. I want to say to all the visitors this morning, uh, God bless you. Glad you were here with us this morning. And uh, yeah, yeah, come on, give the visitors a hand clap, will you? Amen. If this is your first time being at Life Changes Church, God bless you. Amen. And uh, next week we're going to have donuts. <laughs> Maybe I might want you to come. Anyway. Uh, we're going to have a uh, great time this morning. Here at Life Changes Church, we like to make sure, amen, to give God every glory, amen, amen. over everything. And uh, I was uh, searching a lot of different things because on this uh, series reset, when we really get to thinking about it, uh, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, we like to reset. You know, we like to reset our computers. We like to reset our phones. We like to reset our furniture uh you know we like to do all of those kinds of things in our life but 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 sometimes we just don't reset our lives Amen. look at your neighbor and say neighbor say it so they can hear you say neighbor your life needs reset multiple times I won't say a day. Let's don't do that. We won't make them mad. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You, you, you know, we talked about resetting your mind. We talked about resetting your heart. Amen. And so this morning, we're just going to kind of dive into it just a little bit and talk about resetting our life. Anybody ever have any hard times? Just everything easy peasy. I mean, never had never had any problems whatsoever. Praise God. Amen. I want you to write a book. Praise God, because I want to read it. Amen. Let's go to James chapter 1. 
Let's go ahead and stand to our feet for the reading and reverence of the Word of God if we can this morning. James chapter 1, verse number 12. <clears throat> James chapter 1, verse number 12. When you get it, say amen. 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 James chapter 1, verse number 12. Y'all there? The Bible says, blessed is the man who endures. Hang on. This is what the Bible says. Who endures temptation. For when he has been approved. Hang on. What? You mean temptation brings me into approval? If I endure something. He says, he said, blessed is the man. Look at your neighbor and say, you are blessed. I mean, some of your neighbors this morning, they have went through temptation. I mean, they wanted to say something to the driver in front of them on the way to church. They wanted to say something to somebody who wasn't. Well, anyway. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive a 25-inch TV. No, I want a 55-inch. He will receive a brand-new Harley. Everybody's the best Christian now, ain't we? The crown of life. Listen. He will receive, listen to this, the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, I, 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 I'm going to let y'all sit down in just a minute, but i got to break this down just for a minute. Can I break it down? Can I teach and then preach? Can I do that? He says, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Listen, not to those who never did anything wrong. Come on now. Not to those who made it to church every Sunday, in the rain, in the snow, but to those who simply, look at your neighbor and say, he's going to talk to you today. But, he, but they will receive a crown of life simply to those who love him. That's an amazing thought right there just for a minute. This kind of takes everything off of our shoulders. Now we ain't got to be so... Isn't that amazing? Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed, baited. That's a good word, baited. Then when he has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown. I like that. You know, that means that when sin comes, I won't, not, okay. Full grown, and it brings forth death. 
Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, in this place this morning, let your glory begin to move. Heavenly Father, Lord, let your power set upon each and every one of us. Lord, let us grasp a hold of your word. And when we walk out of this place today, Heavenly Father, let the engrafted word of God come into our hearts and lives. Heavenly Father, Lord, and let it lead us and mold us and teach us. Heavenly Father, Lord, let it begin to show us and captivate our lives. Heavenly Father, Lord, that living for you is not a hard thing. Living for you, Heavenly Father, Lord, is not a chore, Lord, but it is absolutely wonderful, Lord, because we know, Heavenly Father, Lord, that we're going to receive the crown of life because we love you. And so, Father, Lord, these hard times that we are enduring, you move in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Praise God. <clears throat> So, if we're going to get into the place of our lives where we call a reset. See, see, I want uh, you guys in here uh, this morning, I want you to get this, this, this concept to this series. That no matter what it is, whether it's your mind, whether it's your heart, whether it's your life, whether it's your marriage, and we're going to talk about reset your marriage next week. So all you married people, please don't stay home. Amen. We're going to talk about resetting your marriage. And, 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 and there's so many different things and, and, and scriptures and stuff that we can talk about. But when you get the concept that there are times when you can stop, and you can go back over the word of God and refresh it in your mind and just stop and just reset what is broken. Reset what has exploded. Reset what is messed up. And I think a lot of times what it is is that we, as human beings, sometimes we get real prideful. And we don't want to ask for any help. I mean, we get saved and we think, you know, we, 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 we got this going on. Somebody's been saved for 20, 25 years, and the only thing that they really learned in church was to be a professional Christian. I forgot to do that. <laughs> we'll take out tithes and offerings in a minute. I'm so... No, let's do it now while y'all's wanting to. Come on, Mad Dog. They're, they're, they're ready. This is Mad Dog, by the way. If you have your tithes and offering this morning, go ahead and bring it up. Somebody please turn that air off. Y'all's freezing me. <laughs> Thank God for everybody just wanting to give money. <laughs> Lord, bless Brady. Bless his garden, Lord. I need some tomatoes. <laughs> well, you can tell we ain't just program, program, are we? We just stopped in the middle of it. I think what happens a lot of times is when we come to church, sometimes even as a young child, uh, 
because I was raised in church, and I mean, uh, uh, some of my best moments in church, what I really remember some of my best moments was when we would do Booster Man. Y'all remember Booster Man when all the little kids would get up and sing, deep in one. Anybody? Okay, thank you. Thank you. At least we got some people who've been to church. Amen. I'm in the Lord's army. Those moments, just, just those small little moments and those small little teachings and, and going to Booster Band and knowing I didn't want to get up there and sing because I sang better than everybody else and I didn't want everybody else to be mad. So I didn't want to get up there and sing in front of everybody. But they said, if you get done singing, we'll give you a sucker. And I, I will never forget. As a matter of fact, I was telling my wife, I'd like to make a sucker tree. One of those trees that go out and you just drill holes in, you just put little suckers in there. That, that's something that I remember as a child. And so, and so I would go up and sing. And so, and so while everybody else was singing real loud, I would lip sync but make it look like I was singing. <laughs> and then I would just go get a sucker like everybody else. And I think sometimes what happens in church, look at your neighbor and say, here it comes, is we come to church and we watch what everybody else is doing. And we don't really put forth an effort in our lives, but we watch how they do it. We watch what goes on in their life when we come to church and we think if we can fake it long enough, nobody will know. Well, well, I'm gonna tell you what right now, Every, every one of us in here, we only have a certain amount of things that we can handle. And, and, and after that, God has wired us like a circuit breaker that when too much comes upon us, we explode. I know you don't want to hear that, and I know you think, well, that's not me. But every one of us is, is, is wired by God to a certain place that, 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 that the things that we cannot handle, we explode over. And you that cannot handle the little things, you better fix it. Or you won't get very far. And every one of us has got something or, 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 or something going on. Every one of us has got something in our life that there's one certain button that one certain person pushes every time we see them. There's that one coworker. I mean, we get along with everybody, but there's that one coworker that they can just walk in the room. <laughs> and we just keep dealing with it the best that we can. Right. And the thing about it is, is, is that is that God is leading us to a place. Listen, listen, not li listen, not that He's tempting us. But Satan is tempting us. The, the King James Version says that God tempted Abraham, but really when you begin to break that word down in the King James Version, it means that God tested him and he didn't tempt him because now we come to this place where we find out that God, that the Bible says that God don't tempt nobody because only, only the enemy does that. And, and, and God only allows that because he wants to promote us. How many in here loves to sit down and take a test? But we know that if we do, 
we move on to the next level. Or we go to the next grade. Or we get the promotion. See, and the thing about it is, in our lives, this is what God is doing. He's watching us. And he's knowing that the only way we can get from here to over here is to go through here. And through here is a bunch of stuff that the enemy has declared that we can't get through. He says they won't be able to get through it because their mama didn't do it. They won't be able to get through it because their daddy didn't do it. They won't be able to get through it because, because, because they're not strong enough. And at the same time, God is allowing an endurance upon our lives because, listen, listen to me, when we begin to endure and we begin to go through and we begin to get to that place, I'm not saying that you won't ever blow up. I'm not saying that you won't ever write that long Facebook post. Isn't it amazing how, how really when we really begin to look at our lives and we think about it, it's a whole lot easier to write an email or write a private, private message to somebody and tell them what we think other than look at them face to face and tell them we got a problem. You know what that shows? That shows that we ain't got very much character. That shows that we actually got a lot of problem with us, and we don't want to face it. And we use the word, this is what we use. Well, I just don't like conflict. Let me sit down for this. You're fibbing. The conflict relies with inside, and we don't want to face our fear. We don't want to face what's going on with us. The Bible says that God says to him who endures will receive a crown of life, and the crown of life is for those who love him. See, listen, I'm not saying that everybody uh, should all go out and just make a mistake and say, I love God. (laughs) I mean, those things, when we blatantly make those mistakes on purpose, and do it on purpose in, in, in a disregard of God. See, we think, well, I can't do that. Why can't you do it? Well, my church don't allow it. Hang on. How about God don't allow it? If we're not doing something because our church establishment says that it's wrong, but it doesn't really bother us that God See, that's the place that we have to get back to in resetting our life is reset it with God's standards, not the church standard, not the Baptist standard, the Methodist standard, the Presbyterian standard, and even life changer standard. We need to stand up and put our life and reset back to God's standard. And the temptations that come our ways. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, there were so many things. I did not. Everybody say, I love the preacher. preacher. Say it again. Say, I love the preacher. I I did not forget how to roll a joint. (sighs) I didn't forget how to cuss. I didn't just get saved and all of a sudden, well, I don't remember that no more. I didn't forget how to get mad. I didn't forget how to throw a fit and slam the doors. (laughs) Stomp the feet, yeah. 
All of those things in my life that God rescued me from or pulled me out of the Bible says he pulled me up out of the miry clay and put my feet upon a solid foundation and put a brand new song in my heart. He did that. I had nothing to do with it. He just looked down and said, I love you, boy. And he picked me up and he put me on a solid foundation. But he did never say you won't ever have any problems. You won't ever go. He said, I'm going to be there every step of the way. And when you endure this thing, the crown of life is yours. Come on, somebody. The crown of life becomes yours. That's what he said that he's, he has promised that. How many knows that God, <laughs> all right, I'm going to say it again. And I can do this because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Cherokee card-carrying Indian. <laughs> but God is not an Indian giver. He doesn't give something and then take it back. I was in the third grade, and I remember this, 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 this this boy, there's I was friends with, and he was more Indian than I was. Well, that's just the way it is. And so, and so he he gave me something one day. We went out on the playground, and then he took it back. And I said, You can't have it back. And he said, Yeah, I can. I said, You Indian giver. He said, What'd you call me? I said, Indian giver. I didn't know what an Indian giver was. I just heard it all the time at the house. You were a little Indian giver. <laughs> but come to find out, it was one of those things that they was known for. They was known to give something and take something back. And that's not what God does. If God has promised us something, and in his promise, the only thing that his promise is, is, is reflected on is us loving him. Now listen, sometimes I may have a bad day and this ain't God. This ain't got nothing to do with me not loving God. Amen. It's got everything to do with what's going on in my life. Yes. Now I hope everybody, I hope everybody, I hope everybody not ever has to see me like Anna sees me. I mean, because there are times when I throw a small fit. See, my wife gets to see all those. I remember when we first got saved and I first started preaching. And I really wanted to do good. I mean, everybody wants to do good. And I would go to work and I'd, I'd have some things going on. And I'd come home and there were some things that I really wanted to do. But now I'm married and I got two kids and there's things that I need to be doing. And, and, but I don't want to do them because I'm just 24 years old, man. I mean, I still, I still want to play my video games. I, I still want to do all these things. And so here I'm wanting to do the things that I want to do. And then she tells me the things that I need to be done. Bless your heart, young man. And she tells me the things that I need to get done. And so, and so here's the thing. I get mad and I throw a fit and I throw stuff around and everything. Listen, God had just called me to preach, okay? He just called me to preach. And I remember she was in the other room. She said, go ahead, preacher. Isn't it funny how people like to bring up what God... 
what God's actually called us to do. And then, and then it makes us even matter. Not that we're mad at them. It's because we understand. And there were some things, there were some things that was just given to you. Listen to me. I'm going to teach this just for me. There were some things in the bloodline that was just given to you that you have no choice over. You have to deal with it. I remember we was in Bentonville, Arkansas. Back in 2001 or 2002, was preaching revival over there, and we went out with the pastor and his wife and his daughter and her husband and their three kids. She was blonde-headed, and the young man was black-headed, and they had blonde-headed kids, and they had black-headed kids, and there sat one kid with red hair. And we was just about to get our food and sit down. I looked at the little girl and I said, where'd you get your red hair from? She said, the milkman. <laughs> true story. Her daddy went, And her mama stood up and said, you did not. She said, that's what daddy said. I thought about telling Everly that, but the kids would kill my wife would kill me. <laughs> there were some things that are in the bloodline that you cannot stop. Amen. You just can't. Amen. My stepdad raised me. Uh, when I was about three years old, my biological father, I got a good relationship with him, but there was a time when I really didn't. There was a period in my life where I never saw him. And uh, maybe sometimes on, on birthdays and stuff like that, you know, and, and, and uh, I mean, I always knew that I had a dad and always, you know, that I lived away and stuff. But there was one day when I remember, because I used to like to watch uh, wrestling. Anybody like to watch WWE? All right. I used to uh, really like to watch wrestling, and on Saturday mornings, I was getting from the TV, and I would watch wrestling on Saturday morning, and I remember that I would lay in front of the TV like this. I wasn't, but maybe six, seven years old, but I remember in the background, one of my aunts saying, he looks just like his daddy. You know, his daddy did that. I didn't know my daddy. But I'm doing things and characteristics that was handed down. And some of the stuff going on in your life, come on now. Some of the stuff going on in your lives are things that, that God is allowing you to endure and fix some places and fix some things. I'm not saying everything, I'm not saying I needed to fix it, but what I'm saying is, 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 is there some things, sometimes this is what people say, well, I'm sorry, Pastor, but, you know, I get mad just like my daddy. My, you know, my daddy used to get mad. Well, I'm just, well, Pastor, I'm just not a very loving person because my mother wasn't a loving person, and she really never hugged us or told us that she loved us, and so, and so I'm just not. That's not an excuse. Well, I just, I just do this because that's the way my dad did it. That's the way my grandpa did it. And the thing about it is, is if we are not tapping into who God is, 
We have to reset. Listen, listen, we have to reset. Do you know how many times, I'll be 49 years old in June. Do you know how many times did I had to go back and reset my life? Can I tell somebody in confidence? <laughs> I had to reset last week. <sighs> really? There are times when we just got to pull back. See, see, the Bible says that the enemy will entice us, he will bait us, and he will put things out in front of us, things that we like. You know why he knows that we like them? Because he don't take a day off. He's been watching you. He's been watching you ever since you was this tall, ever since you was old enough to make your own decisions uh, and talk and do your thing. He's been watching you. He's been watching the character things, uh, and he's been watching the things goes on. Uh, and the reason why he, he baits you, because he knows exactly what you like. And it's not so much that he baits you with sin, but sometimes he, ba he, he baits you with things that you like so that you can get your mind off what God wants you to do and you can do what you want to do. How many likes to cook breakfast? All four of y'all. Y'all's coming to my house tomorrow. <laughs> How many likes to eat breakfast? <laughs> okay, y'all stay home. I need all the breakfast. Certain things, just like cooking breakfast in the morning. If it's something that we really like to do, he likes to bait us and entice us. Sometimes he will bait you and entice you and tell you, oh, man, you got to get to church because you got to sing in the choir. And all we can do is think about singing in the choir. And we never read the word. We never pray. We never seek him. We never move forward. All we're, all we're doing is just coming to church and just working. And we're blaming that and saying, well, that's what God called me to do. He called me to go to church and sing in the choir. He called me to go to church and uh, run the camera. He called me to go to church uh, and, and, and all of these things. And so we do those ahead of God and the thing about it is is the enemy is sitting back and waiting and he's waiting until God is just depleted all the way down here and we just climb all the way up here and it's about us and not about God and the Bible says in John the Bible says that I must decrease so that God can increase and so and so I'm not talking about rank sin up in here this morning I'm talking about every small detail of our life that is Christian people that we go through because when we got saved, we thought if I don't cuss, if I don't fight, and if I don't drink, then I'm a Christian. I'm glad you ain't cussing, fighting, and drinking, but listen, we have to reset our lives sometimes from busyness. Busyness can really, really hurt us. We can get so Mind thought on business part of it, whether it's a church, whether it's our business, that we forget what God's doing. When me and the boys started the trucking company, this is something that really went into our hearts and lives, or actually went into Tanner's heart and life several years ago, and we laughed at him. Me and Lane said, oh, <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> but as, as it began to progress, and now here we are, there was a time when I was so focused on it 
that when it come time to be pastor, listen to me, I'm telling off on myself. When it come time to be pastor, I was, I'm not saying I was bad. I've never really been bad at it, but, uh, But I wasn't as good as I once was. Hold on, that's Toby Keith. <laughs> and so I had to make a decision. This comes first. And we've had this discussion. Life changers and God comes first before anything else. It becomes first. Listen to me. Wouldn't it really be amazing if we really tried that for once. Amen. Yes. Now, let's not putting life changers first. I'm, I'm putting him first. Amen. Putting him first. Yes. Yes. I know sometimes, listen to me, don't shout me down because it's getting really quiet in here and people's thinking, I'll be good when he's done. <laughs> Every one of us can do better. When it comes to putting God first. Every one of us can do better when it comes to resetting our focus. Resetting the things. See, we reset our focus on our family. Us men do. You know why we do? Because the wife says, hey, you better reset, boy. (laughs) We straighten up real quick, don't we? Wouldn't it be amazing if if God would be that person? Hey, Roger, you better reset. But he's not going to because he loves us enough. And God knows. Listen to me. God's not. Listen to me. Let me make this point real clear. Your family is scared that the enemy is going to take you away. But God's not scared. You know why? Because he knows that he's bigger than the enemy. But you don't want to get down through life 15 years later and look back of all the blessings you could have had, but you didn't reset. So we got to start obtaining the blessings now. This is a blessed life. When we got saved, it's not dreadful. It is a blessed life. God has blessed us. He has loved us. He has pursued us. And he has moved the enemy out of our way on many times when we didn't even deserve it. And when the enemy baited us and we got caught in a trap and we couldn't get out, the banker couldn't do it. The doctor couldn't do it. The lawyer couldn't do it. The church couldn't do it. God showed up while nobody else did and removed the trap and we got out. But the simplicity of the story is reset. Preacher, you've been talking about reset and reset. How do I reset my life? Go back to that place where it's you and God. Just go back to that place where it's you and God. I mean, some people says, well, you know, I mean, if you want to uh, uh, be this kind of Christian, then this is what you want to do. And if you want to become this kind of Christian, then this is what you want to do. I just want to be the kind of Christian that God wants me to be. And if I reset, let's go to Hebrews. Can we go to Hebrews? 
chapter 10, verse 33. <clears throat> Listen to what Hebrews says. Therefore, do not cast away your... Y'all said that like you weren't confident. Okay. Therefore, cast not away your... Do it again. Therefore, cast not away your confidence. Have you ever seen somebody who wasn't confident in their self? I mean, they did really good work. But man, they had a poor attitude. They didn't want to do it no more. It was never good enough. They didn't have confidence in their self. Did you know that what the enemy wants you to do is he wants you to go to church every Sunday. He wants you to say amen. Amen. He wants you to read your Bible but not really get a whole lot out of it. He wants you to do all the church things, but he don't want you to be confident enough in yourself to endure and to go through those things that the enemy brings in your life. He doesn't want you to be confident because if you're not confident, then, 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 then he ain't worried because you won't ever pick yourself up. And listen, as much as I would like to be or, 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 or your friends or your other co-workers would like to be there with you all the time that every time you fell down is just to pick you up and pat you on the back and tell you you're doing a good job. Sometimes we have to do that. And if we don't have confidence in ourselves or, or, or enough word in ourselves, because here's the thing, uh, if we cast away our confidence, bring me that scripture back up, please. If we cast away our confidence, listen. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. This is what he's saying. For you have need of endurance. Here's that word again. Look at your neighbor and say twice. <laughs> I know y'all had to set your clocks up, but help me. Preach with me. Listen. Look at your neighbor and say, that's twice. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. What's the promise? The crown of life. Or I guess I could be Oprah Winfrey. You get a car and you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. But that's your stuff down here. Are you getting this this morning? We're receiving something that the earth cannot give us. We're receiving something that Ford can't do, Chevy can't do, Toyota can't do. We're receiving something that nobody has any power to do but only God. It comes from him. It's the gift. And the Bible says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. And so when you're going through something in your life that is tough and you're going through a trial, reset. I hope that my mouth or my words scream in your ear in times when you're going through something and you hear Pastor Rogers say, reset. Then you stop for just a minute. Focus. Focus on what is the real issue and what is the real problem. Amen. Come on. Preach it. Can, can I say this real quiet? 
our biggest issues are ourselves. Remember uh, Thursday when I talked about heart behavior? See, because behavior is something we learn. But an issue is something that hasn't been dealt with. And if we don't deal with some of these things, I had to learn how to deal with them. I did. I had to learn how to deal with them inside the word of God. Lord, what do you say? I remember when I first got saved, hadn't been saved very long, been in church all my life. Listen to me. Been in church all my life. And and, and let me rephrase this back. I did get saved when I was younger, but I walked away from the Lord, and I hadn't... uh, Hadn't been very long since I came back to God. And so when I came into the church for the first time, I didn't look like all the other church people. I didn't look like them. And matter of fact, I didn't want to look like them. And I had a really big problem sitting there on the pew watching everybody else thinking they're looking at me. And they're looking at me. And if I would have read the scripture and understood what God said is I don't look on the outside of man, I look on the inside of man. If I would have read that and understood that, I wouldn't have had a problem sitting there. I'd have just let them look. But when I got that concept in, I don't care what they think. That's one way we can turn back to our lives and we can reset the problems and the troubles are not ever going to go away. They are there to build us. These small things that we're going through right now, these are just small things that God is building us. He is getting us ready. These trials that we are facing right now, some of us are thinking, when is this going to be over? Lord, when am I going to get a break? Lord, I've done everything you said to do. I pray, I fast, I I do all of these things. Lord, I I just, I cannot understand or comprehend. And God is telling somebody in this room this morning that he's building endurance because when this endurance, it gets to a level in your life, it gets to a place, you will stand and not fall. The wind will blow and you won't fall over. The rains will come and you won't drown. The fire will burn and not one hair of your head will be sins. Now that's the good news. But while we're facing the trial right now, man, it's tough to see. I can only imagine what my mom was going through. Pass around and come piano, please. I can only imagine what my mom and dad was going through <clears throat> while they was going to church and I was raised in church. And I got out on my own and got away, got, got, got out of school and got my own job and, and, and was working uh, away from the home. I can only imagine what, what they was thinking while here I was the child that was in church had been prophesied over, you're going to preach, you're going to do all these things, and now 
I'm not only taking dope, now I'm selling dope, now I'm running, now I'm doing all these things, and I've become that person that my parents always feared. I've become that. And I think about this sometimes because I'm, 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 I mean, I mean, I've got good boys. I mean, I mean, look at him. He, he, he minds good. Here's the other one. I mean, he minds good. I've got good boys. I've never really had any issues with them growing up. I didn't have to worry about them going to parties and staying out too late or, 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 or them uh, getting hooked on drugs and, 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 and all of these things. I never had to worry about those things, even though I went through it because I learned at a young age to reset and stop and stop the enemy and declare and decree and to proceed the word of God out of my mouth and tell the devil, you're not. But when I look back about what my mom and them had to endure, all the times they prayed. One night, God woke my mom up at midnight. And mama said she was laying in bed and she heard a voice, just an autumn voice that said, Jewel, get up and pray for Roger. So she said she got up and she started praying. And then she woke my dad up. She said, God said, we need to pray for Roger. It was that night I run off the bridge in my truck, hit the bridge, rolled my truck, throwed me out. And I remember laying on the ground and literally watching it roll in slow motion over. Then when I finally came in the door about 2 o'clock in the morning, my mom had been up for two hours or so or more praying beside the bed. And the many things that she had to endure, be off on the road working. My mom would be praying. I'd be in a place I shouldn't be. Be doing things I shouldn't be doing. Should have lost my life on many occasions, on many times. My mom would be praying. She endured those things because God told her and showed her when I was young exactly what I was going to do. He's going to preach the gospel. We just celebrated 25 years in the ministry. Come on, somebody. See, the enemy wants to bait you and get your mind off of what the real issue is. And here's the thing. There are things in your life that the enemy wants to get you distracted from because if he can get you distracted from them, then you're not praying about them. So there's family members that are having a hard time right now. Some of you are sitting right here in this church and you have family members that is having a hard time and they're having issues and they need God. We haven't reset our life to pray for them. Because we're dealing with our petty issues. Did I say petty out loud? We're dealing with a lot of issues and there's not a reset 
And for some of you that have reset and you're praying for your loved ones and it seems like they're getting worse and they're getting worse, keep enduring. Don't stop. The devil is a lie. If God told you that they was going to preach or they would be in church or they would have ministry, I need to tell somebody, don't you give up on God. If he said it, he's good for it. Doctors diagnosed Tanner, my oldest boy right here. ADD, right? I think so. He had some issues and some stuff. Me and Anna began to pray. Listen, listen, we began to pray. And then church stuff at church started happening and we started getting focused on the church and, and stuff. And, and I, so many things just wasn't going well. And one day in the front room, me and Anna dropped to our knees. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. And we repented for not taking it to God and giving it to God first. We literally dropped to our knees and we reset and said, Lord, forgive us for trying to be pastors. We're pastors because you made us pastors. And so we're not trying to do anything. This is your calling and not mine. It is about you and not about us. And we reset our lives. Today that doctor gave him that medicine and he went home and made about 120 airplanes. He couldn't. Doctor said this medicine will make him focus, and and, and this and that because because there's too many different things, and he's too, too distracted. Oh, he was focused, all right. I mean, 120 airplanes. Might have been 420. I don't know how many was. <laughs> he graduated top of his class. Come on, somebody. Got an academic scholarship. Come on now. Because we stood in our, in, in our front room and we hit our knees. Listen, listen. And we didn't beg God uh, to do anything. We reset our focus. Uh, because I'm telling you right now uh, that the blood of Jesus Christ that rolled down Calvary's hill uh, over 2,000 years ago is still good enough today. It ain't never lost its power, Jack. And it ain't ever gonna lose its power. It's never lost its power. We gotta learn how to reset back to it. I have to learn how to reset back to it. Every head bowed. All over this building, just every head bowed just for a minute, would you?
I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. Whoever's watching me online, wherever you may be, whoever may watch this later. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pastor Al. Yes, Jesus. Touch Jesus. If you're in this building this morning in this service and you say, Preacher, I don't know Jesus. Maybe you say, Well, I knew him at a young age, but over the years and over the course of time and over some issues in my life, preacher, I haven't focused my life and I've walked away from that. And I know what he's done and I know of him and I know that he saved my life. But preacher, this morning, I want to reset my life. 
I want to reset my salvation. I want to, I want to confess it. I want, I want to know that this morning I've done everything I can do to reset that. That when I walk out of this place this morning, I'm not wondering. I know whose I am. With every head bowed and no one looking around all over this room, just a simple thing. Preacher, that is me. Just lift your hand and wave it at me and say, pray for me. I see a hand. I see a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, thank you for choosing Life Changers Church to listen to. Our services are Sunday morning at 1030. We also have King's Kids Church available as well on Sunday morning. We offer a midweek lift service on Thursday nights at 7. And to all of our visitors who are in driving distance, come and worship with us here at Life Changers Church. The Life Changers worship team is amazing. And the full impact of worship cannot be explained on experience. Hey, check out our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes. We're also on Spotify as well. You can find all of these under Life Changers Church International, Pittsburgh, Kansas. This full title and name will lead you straight to all of our programs. Hey, check out our Facebook page for all of our events and our outreach that we do in the community each and every month. God bless you again, and have a wonderful and blessed day in Jesus.